Spectacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting so long to hear you say that. Ooh, it has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, has it? It feels like it, at least. Feels like... I guess... I mean, it's still just... We do it once a month, but... Did we do it really early last month? Is that what happened? Yeah, maybe. Is it early this month? It's... No, it's the 20th. Yeah, we're... It's not. (laughs) This is how it normally goes. (laughs) Around yeah. week, the second week of the month, I proposed the idea of recording, <laughs> and then <laughs> then we're like, "Oh yeah, I should probably do that." Yeah, and wait yeah. a week, and yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I um, after I set up my mic and was like, did a little recording test. I was like, "Ooh, I sound kind of sick." Turns out I'm congested and just hadn't noticed yet because I haven't been talking all morning because I've just been alone. Mm, nice. Uh, so yeah. Have fun uh, listening to this slightly congested voice for the next hour or so. I mean, how many times have I done the podcast sick, though? Like, Yeah, that's a fair few. <laughs> it's true. The, it's, it's, the listeners deserve to hear your uh, slightly muted tones. <laughs> I guess for so. Well, you, you, have a very, you have a very rich timbre to your voice oh that's like the nicest and thing so, anyone's ever said to me oh well, you're welcome i love you and so <laughs> i don't know if you're a little bit congested you know it's like it's like having a mute on a euphonium it's a little muted but it's fucking gorgeous but my voice i feel like is more like like Muting an alto sax oh <laughs> pickle how would you even mute a piccolo just you like can't. put a <laughs> shave down a cork and put that in the end i think yeah. it would just die probably <laughs> probably <laughs> the piccolo player would probably faint <laughs> probably and they they already do have you ever tried yeah. to play piccolo no oh man no. i like briefly tried to play really the flute and that was hard did you know then... did you know that i briefly <laughs> taught the flute <laughs> no what <laughs> yeah when i was working for uh, a music oh, school man. Um, I was essentially hired as their like catch-all, their multi-instrumentalist, because I came in and they had a bunch of piano, voice, and guitar, and then one drum teacher. That that was all they had. But I came in and right. I was like, "Hey, I'm good at violin and oboe," and they were like, "That's awesome. Do you play anything else?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I dabble in a lot of other stuff, like clarinet, flute. I do dabble in those things." And they're like, "Great. Someone wants to learn flute. You're it." And I was like, "Ooh, fuck." <laughs> I'm completely self-taught on flute, and I'm not that good. And uh, yeah, the student I got was not a beginner. Oof, really? Yeah, and so like, they got, you know, I taught them the basics, and they were like, got it pretty quick, and they're like, yeah, I know how to do that, and I'm like, ah, fuck. (laughs) Well, we're already at my level. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're like... You pretend to take a phone call and you're like, I just just do scales. <laughs> I gotta call. I gotta take this. <laughs> oh, uh, not a phone call, but go to the bathroom. Yeah, I did that once. Yeah, where I was like, well, we still got ten minutes left in this lesson, and you already know how to play the three notes. I know. So, yeah. yeah, that's when yeah, uh, yeah. they didn't they didn't know. stick around. <laughs> that's when you teach them like how to tune or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I did. We did do a lot of breath control stuff because at least I know a lot about breath control. Ah, there we go. But it's just you know, you play the oboe, you need to learn how to use less breath. That's, ah, really? Yeah, yeah. When I when I first one of the first fundamental things I learned about the oboe at an actual university level was that I was breathing in too much. 
Hmm. It doesn't take that much, much breath. And so I had to be taught, like, when you're about to play a run of notes, breathe in the amount that you would to speak a sentence and no more. Because otherwise, you're going to breathe in too much, fill up your lungs, and then you're going to be playing your oboe, and you're not going to get rid of that air, and it's just going to go stale because the oxygen is going to be absorbed, and it's just going to be stale. And then you need to breathe out before you breathe in in order to get enough air for your next run of notes. And I was like, wow, that's so counterintuitive. Weird, yeah. But then with flute, it's like you need to breathe in as much as possible and use all of it right away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is... This is fat. This is why people tune in. Weird facts you didn't expect to learn when you listen to a podcast about <laughs> weird bad movies. Oh. Out of breath control and playing the flute. Yeah, I mean it's funny because you know if We've if someone's been listening to the show, then they just expect this nonsense from us. But if this is like someone's first episode, it's always. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> I can't wait for the YouTube comments. <laughs> oh, every time. Did we get any any more special ones this past month? Anything uh, notable? N- well, there was one person who requested that I post the entire film of uh, the Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. <laughs> and I was like, we don't do that. We just talk shit about it. And they were like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Pleasant. I, I, so I feel like a lot of the angry comments and, and dislikes we get are because like I don't I don't have in the title of the episode like podcast or anything like that. It's just episode number and that And then the name of the movie. Name of the movie. And and then the thumbnail will have like our logo on it because it just gets added to YouTube automatically when I publish it to iTunes and stuff. Oh right. <clears throat> but we also just keep getting subscribers so all right people be listening i don't know cool well um but yeah i can't listener. wait i can't wait for the the guy who's real salty about us telling him about the flute um <laughs> uh i, I want to uh, get i want to get messages from angry flautists i want that oh dude that'd be so good like um actually <laughs> Um, actually, you yeah, know I'm nothing about the wrong. flute and we'd be like yes we know we explained this <laughs> he knows nothing about the flute yeah, yeah. Um, Very little, at least all right well, let's do what we came here to do son what have you been watching let's talk about movies and shit all right movies and shit so i mean for me uh when fall starts rolling around which i don't know what it's doing over there in bc but here in ontario summer has left and fall just comes pretty quickly it seems yeah Summer um, has sort of left here, and we are now uh, in the season where Washington and Oregon and most of California are on fire, and oh, all right. of their smoke is uh, invading our air. Our air, and oh, I think man. Vancouver had like worse air quality than Beijing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yikes! And bear in mind. Beijing exports about 25% of its air pollution to San Francisco. <laughs> oh. Like man. a bunch of the smog in San Francisco actually comes across the ocean from Holy crap. So yeah, there was like you just you didn't leave. You didn't leave the house for a week or two there because oh, it was boy. you look outside and it was like it was constantly foggy and then you'd look up at the sun and it would be like this like dim orange ring. Yeah, I've but seen the good that. news is, 
BC didn't catch fire this summer for once. Yay. So that's nice. But That's great. Yeah. Washington's <laughs> fucked. Oregon's fucked. California's always fucked. So we've just been inheriting their smoke. But anyways, Man. fall is upon yeah. you. Yeah, which is lovely. And, and for me, I mean, one of my favorite times of year is the autumn and I absolutely love Halloween. So once fall starts rolling around, I know people oh God, are like, spooky start season. thinking about Halloween after Thanksgiving. And I'm like, no, fuck it. Thanksgiving is a great weekend. The rest of the fall, I'm thinking about Halloween because yeah. I love Halloween. It's great. Uh, this is going to be my first full autumn here in Ontario. And apparently Ooh. autumn here is is gorgeous instead of just <clears throat> it wet, is the shit, which yeah. is what I'm used to in BC. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, um, in the spirit of that, uh, my wife and I have already started kind of watching some scary movies and stuff. Ooh. Um, but most notably, I finally started watching American Horror Stories. Ooh, really? Yeah. Where did I start watching it? Yeah. Oh, you know, my wife found it. On <laughs> oh, it just magically showed up on her laptop? Yeah, really weird. It magically showed up on her laptop, and then we put it on a USB and slapped that bitty on the computer. Nice. And I mean the TV. Anyway, the yeah. TV. I got gotcha. you. So yeah, I've I've now completed the first season. Um, I've heard that that's the best one. Mackenzie tells me that the internet thinks that the second season is the best one. Which one's that? Is it the witch one? I have no idea. I haven't um, started the second one yet, and I know nothing about the show. <laughs> I started watching the seventh season or eighth season of American Horror Story, uh, which came out. Last year, maybe slightly before, like maybe um, before. I think it might might be like nine now or something like that. Could be, um, but it was because it was nine. The theme was 1984, and it was like an 80s summer camp slasher movie. Ooh. Um, but the uh, the episodes were also just magically appearing on my laptop. Oh, uh, cool. Week week to week. I love how that um, happens. It's just so it's so wonderful. Um. <laughs> week to week and and eventually you get distracted and the episodes stop showing up uh oh yeah you know can't remember which episode you were on and yeah so i haven't gone back to that one but that's cool how is it you like it yeah yeah i do it's um it wasn't it wasn't as like scary movie as I thought it was going to be, it wasn't as like suspenseful and, and jump scary. I thought it was going to be more like classic, classic horror, but it was like, it was a lot more unsettling and twisted. Mm. Um, but then also, I mean, there were, there were twists and turns in the plot that I didn't see coming. It kept me guessing a lot. First five episodes, I was saying, what the fuck? Like every 10 minutes. Um, nice. And yeah, had a, a surprising, a surprising ending and i was like oh that was really enjoyable and i'm interested to uh take on another season and there was some really really there was some really good acting in it too that's what i've heard yeah i yeah i, I think i just never i didn't i never started it and so then it felt daunting to jump in mm. um Fair. and also Anthologies, I find, are sometimes hit and miss in terms of like, well, you know, seasons one and three are really good and uh, four kind of sucks and five's not 
as good as you know two was, but it's still okay. And kind of yeah, because if it kind of they and they kind of switch up. So like for me, like the '80s slasher season was like really intriguing. I'm like that sounds cool, but then it's like oh, it's like haunted circus. I'm like eh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Next season, you know, whatever. Yeah, <clears throat> that kind of. That's kind of my my main beef with anthologies is like okay if it if it switches up like I like I I only I'm only gonna watch the pieces that are things that would interest me normally you know yeah that's fair like I did it with Black Mirror where I'd be like ah that this episode doesn't really interest me but this one seems fun or you know yeah but yeah for sure yeah it is hard to tell I am really interested to see what uh, the haunting of bly house is going to be oh, like bly manor yeah bly manor yeah sorry there we go i loved the haunting of hill house me too um and i think is it the same director i want to look it up if it's I the same director it? i'm in a hundred percent because that dude's um like strike rate is oof, he's on fire i uh, think it was the same director uh yes nice Mike Flanagan is on board still. Rock on. He's he's not directing every episode, but he's still in part of the creative team. So awesome, nice. That's good. The, that dude is legit, man. If you want some good horror movies to watch over, um, over Halloween, he's done some good ones. Um, did one called Before I Wake, which was really good. That's on Shutter. He did Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining, where oh. Ewan McGregor plays a an adult, uh, Danny Torrance. Right. Uh, and he did one called Hush, which is like a home invasion horror movie, kind of like in the vein of The Strangers, but the protagonist is a deaf woman. Oh. So she can't hear, um, and it leads to some very, very awesome, tense scenes. And I think that's on Netflix in Canada. Oh, so man, yeah, definitely check out Hush. Um, I braved life and limb a few weeks back to go to the movie theater for the first time in oh, a long time. Man. Because so Tenet long. came out only in theaters, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. And I'm not really like a Nolan bro, like the way a lot <laughs> Is that of what they call themselves. <laughs> that's what I call them. Like I don't know. They're, Yo, dude, you, know, you a Nolan bro, dude? He's like he makes the best movies ever, dude. Man, he's, Nolan, he's bro, so good. It's Nolan, bro, bro, bro. Did you see The Dark Knight, bro? bro. It's so good. Bro, the Dark Knight. Inception. Yeah. It's like, so, anyways. <laughs> I, I like his movies quite a bit. I think he's a very good filmmaker. Like, he does some things that really annoy me a lot of the time, like, underdevelop his characters. Um, and it kind of depends on who he's writing with. Uh, you know, like, a character like... Um, uh, what's his name? In uh, Dead, oh, who's the pretty boy that everyone likes from Titanic? Uh, Are you kidding me right now? DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think of Leonardo DiCaprio? No, I blanked. <laughs> um, like his character in Inception 
actually has like a backstory and an arc uh, in that movie. But then, yeah, you know, you get to a movie like Dunkirk and no characters have arcs and, you know, their arc is they were in Dunkirk and then they escaped. Right. And But it kind of works because the craft is so good. And I think that's kind of where um, Tenet lies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's halfway between like Inception, which is like very, very high concept, mind-bending ideas. For sure. Uh, and, and so it lies like halfway between that and something like, like Dunkirk or Interstellar, which is, you know pure spectacle but and not so much substance but you also don't really care because the spectacle is presented in such a fantastic way you know um Hmm. yeah so it i but like so personally i loved it like the the characters for me didn't need to be any more developed than they were because the story wasn't really about them it was about they're going to go into a machine and then that is going to make them move backwards through time. <laughs> and sometimes they're going forwards and sometimes they're going backwards. Sometimes one of them is going forwards and one of them is going backwards and they're shooting bullets and catching bullets and who knows. That's a great synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I can't really say more about it without kind of spoiling it. Right. Okay. I definitely don't want to spoil it because i think it's something that you should experience for yourself and just kind of let it happen to you mm, okay um but it's well, i appreciate that it's thrilling i i would love to go see it again um i am waiting for it to finally be released on vod so that i can watch it again and again and again and again and again because also I feel like there was a lot that happened in that movie that I kind of need to have explained to me. And the <laughs> 10 billion YouTube videos that were released within four hours of the movie being released in theaters. Well, like the ending of Tenet explained, time inversion explained. Like they're not, they don't cut it. So <laughs> yeah, just go see it. Don't expect... I mean, I don't know why you would from a Christopher Nolan movie at this point. Don't expect richly developed characters. Um, and, you know, that sort of thing. But just expect to be amazed and thoroughly entertained. And, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll live up to those expectations. Which, quite frankly, is all you should expect from him at this point. Nice. Like, yeah. Good. Yeah, so very, very thrilling. Um, and the other thing that I've been watching, I've been stuck at home with a broken leg for the past two weeks. So I've been yeah. watching a lot of shit. Uh, so I watched Moana for the first time. Great. Was your first time? Yeah, I loved it. Really yeah. good. It's fantastic, right? Yeah, 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 totally. I really I really like um, like Polynesian culture and mythology it's something that just interests me personally and so sweet that was kind of fun to see those things kind of play out um and and then all all eight seasons of bob's burgers have are on amazon prime right now so that's, oh boy that's kind of been my like relax show nice. but 
the the coup de gras, if you will. Um, have you? How do you feel about the Karate Kid? You know, uh, it's been it's been too long since I've seen the Karate Kid that I just don't remember it that well anymore. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen the Karate Kid in its entirety. Oh, really? Yes, I feel like I've caught twenty minutes on TV here or there. Maybe part of that was Karate Kid Two. Don't remember, but. Cobra Kai, the sequel series, yeah, uh, that was developed uh, as a YouTube original. Originally, is now uh, on Netflix. The first two seasons, and it is fantastic. Wow. Okay. I did not expect it to be that good, and then I saw. Uh, I think a tweet from someone whose opinions on movies and stuff I genuinely trust or generally trust. And I was like, and they were like, I don't like the karate kid. I hadn't seen the karate kid before watching Cobra Kai and I loved it. And I went back and watched the karate kid and it didn't really enhance my experience of Cobra Kai in any way. So, um, yeah, so I watched, I'm halfway through season two right now and I gotta say, the first season is fantastic. The second season drifts a bit. Um, it tries, I think, to take on too many characters and too many kind of plot lines. Whereas, like, the first one is like real simple, where it's just it's about Johnny Lawrence and this kid Miguel in his building who gets beat up one day and then. Um, Johnny kind of saves him, not because he, you know, like feels bad for the kid, but because, uh, one of the bullies like punches Miguel, the kid, um, and he like lands on his car and he's like, Hey, get off my car. (laughs) And so then he kicks the crap out of the bullies, much like Mr. Miyagi does in the first Karate Kid. That's the other thing is there's tons of flashbacks to the karate kid movies so like you if you haven't seen it they recap it for you pretty accurately oh perfect and you can follow along and it's also just one of those movies that like you should know pretty much everything that happens in the karate kid just like through cultural osmosis right yeah sweep the leg put him in a body bag crane kick wax on wax off paint the fence you get it yep (laughs) i know all of the things (laughs) (laughs) you know Bonsai, Daniel Son. So, um, <laughs> so like, you don't really need to like go back and rewatch it. I just I went in cold and I I thought it was fine. So, it's it's really really interesting because um, uh, Daniel Larusso is or uh, whatever Ralph Macchio is is in it as Daniel Larusso and they you know he's like a very successful like he's got an auto group. Where, you know, a bunch of car dealerships like LaRusso Auto Group, and he mm-hmm. uses a karate kind of gimmick to to sell his, uh, you know, cars. And so, uh, and uh, Johnny Lawrence is just kind of like a, you know, peaked in high school kind of bum. Right. Kind of like he's not a homeless person, but he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's just like he's working as like a general handyman cleaning people's pools and gutters and putting their TVs on the walls for them and stuff. And and then he, you know, decides he's going to start this 
or bring back the Cobra Kai karate gym and because he wants to you know help this kid stand up for himself and it's sort of it's it's weird to like watch the guy who was the bully in the original kind of grow up and realize he's not on top anymore in life Mm. and decide that he's going to help this kid who's you know getting picked on sort of like stand up for himself and he and he uses that same like cobra kai method of like strike hard strike first show no mercy um to be like no like just like when they when they come at you like don't don't take their crap go at them like be confident and 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 um it's interesting how some of the kids take that lesson and use it to make themselves better and other kids take that lesson and regress and become you know they're not maybe they're not getting bullied anymore but now they are the bullies uh, yeah you know and um maybe fighting during because like the first season ends at the karate tournament and so it's like you know the the maybe the lesson that you know they learn is like maybe we you still need to fight with honor like there's a great scene where um a bunch of the the kids sort of the the main kid what's oh fuck what's his name miguel um just beats the crap out of his bullies in the high school cafeteria one day where they come at him and he's like and they're and they're also making fun of his love interest, which is Daniel LaRusso's daughter. Um, uh oh. Yeah. Uh, so, so they're they're kind of picking on her and and you know, she's been getting cyberbullied and stuff, and finally he's like, I'm not gonna take any you know, karate's the crap out of them. And so then all these kids who are used to get picked on and stuff are like, Oh shit, I wanna be like Miguel and so they show up to the dojo and you know, he's going like He's going like, oh, what the fuck? We got a bunch of like fat, you know, fat losers and scrawny dweebs. And he's like going through and and he's like, and he goes up to this one girl who's like kind of a, you know, she's an overweight girl. She's very, you know, nerdy. She's into science and stuff like that. Um, She's not popular. She's friends with um, Daniel LaRusso's daughter, but, you know, Daniel LaRusso's daughter is like hot and you know, all the, you know, cool guys want to go out with her and she's kind of hanging out with the cool girls. Right. And she, Mm. and so they're, they're kind of drifting apart. And so she, she shows up at the karate dojo and she's like, he's like, why do you want to come learn karate? And she's like, like people pick on me. And he's like, well, what do they do? She's like, well, they, you know, post mean things about me on the internet. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) He's like, that's what he's like. Bullies are such pussies these days. <laughs> he's like, back in my day, if you wanted to pick on someone, you did it to their face. There was honor in it. Wow. He's like, what a, he's like, what a bunch of sad losers. He's like, all right, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll show you how to stand up to them next time. They write something about you, you're gonna, you're gonna punch them right in the jaw, kind of thing, right? So <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they're not gonna be. He's like, you break their hands, they're not gonna be writing anything about you anymore. So. Oh, it's, man. it's it's interesting so to sort of like watch 
that evolution of that character over the first season where he goes like, oh, I'm just going to teach you how to be a badass to like sort of figuring out that like, okay, the lessons that I were taught maybe aren't, you know, the best lessons. Mm. Uh, like, you know, the take, maybe I didn't take, you know, so, but maybe I can use that methodology to kind of create better <clears throat> lessons. So like he's still, you know, He's not, you know, the Mr. Miyagi, like, paint the fence and now you know karate. He's still the, like, get down and give me 50 push-ups on your knuckles. You know, tough, super tough sensei, but he's using it to to try and teach it a, a better lesson. So it, it's it's fascinating. I really like it. Man, that sounds really compelling. I, 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 yeah. I saw it pop up on Netflix and I was like, ooh, that does, that looks interesting. I did not expect that from a YouTube original. <laughs> yeah fair you know and and i was like i was never gonna watch it because like one i never seen the karate kid didn't really care two i wasn't gonna pay to watch something on youtube yeah fair. you know <laughs> <laughs> and also i don't know why because youtube's owned by google and they have all the money on the planet i don't know why i expected it to be like shitty hmm <laughs> yeah like shitty like shitty quality yeah, but it's like it's really high quality, um, like production wise. So, yeah, I can't recommend Cobra Kai enough. Cool, I'll give it a try. Definitely check it out. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Do you see the Dune trailer? Yes. Oh, about them worms, huh? Oh man, it looks so intense. I'm super on board. Finally. Finally, we're getting a good Dune. I can't. A part of me like doesn't doesn't want to doesn't want to assume that it's gonna be so good because like <laughs> there's always it's, something. I guess, but like it's by Denny Villeneuve. He made a sequel to Blade Runner that's as good as the original, and that's right. like an impossible task. So I'm like, if anyone can make this good, it's this guy. Fair. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. That's gonna be I'm, good. I think. Yeah. I'm super excited, and you know he seems to have like cast like cool popular actors. So like, there's a there's a chance that this could actually we might get a full series of Dune movies after this if people go see it. If they can go see it, right in December when it's supposed to come out. But yeah, who knows? We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was the Mandalorian season two trailer. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen a Mandalorian season two trailer. I I, I know that it's coming out, but what? I haven't seen the trailer. Should I watch it right now? Yes. I finished watching it. That looks fucking nice. awesome. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Oh man, I am very very pumped. I love that show. Did I? I think I probably told you. I think it was last episode we watched where I was just on a complete Star Wars binge. I think so. Yeah. Where I, like I watched all of the Mandalorian to watch the last episode I'd never watched, and then watched all of the making of, and then rewatched the Mandalorian again, mm-hmm. and then fucking finished last season of Clone Wars and started Rebels, and also played Fallen Order, which I beat. Nice. By the way, I beat it and then was still 
pumped on it because the game is just really fun to play that i went back to every single planet and explored every single area <laughs> and got all of the unlocks nice okay just, wow i did like yeah i i went hard on that game that's good but uh yeah i'm i'm super stoked from more mandalorian man me too there's there's some things that make me sort of like apprehensive Oh. following the news and that's like we know that like Timora Morrison is going to be back as Boba Fett oh that's been a rumor that has seemingly been confirmed by his agency yeah, uh, and then the long-standing like it's it's like official but we haven't actually got an official announcement from Lucasfilm ever it's just like a, like Hollywood reporter like confirms that Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka. Oh. In live action, and so. Really. Yeah. So that's. Hmm. A couple of things that I'm like, okay. One of the things I liked most about Mandalorian season one is that was entirely fresh characters new characters we'd never seen before and it was a new story it was all on its own and i don't know why i mean i do know why because for the most part most star wars fans are super basic and they're like <laughs> show me the thing that i've seen before again and that's all i want to see that's why palpatine came back Right. I'm not getting into that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, here and well, and the other reason is like Dave Filoni is one of the main people on the Mandalorian with John Favreau, right? And Ahsoka is his baby, and so you know, if he can get the opportunity to tell a story with Ahsoka, he's going to take it. So I I get that. Um, Part of me yeah. kind of wishes that they had done her like mocap and got Ashley Eckstein to play her. Because hmm. I can't imagine anyone else's voice coming out of that character. Yeah, that's going to be a weird, a weird adjustment for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it plays out. I have a lot of faith in Dave Filoni. He has done very little wrong when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah, fair. I'm, I would agree. And I would still consider him to be the heir apparent to George Lucas. That's cute. <laughs> well, he was he was sort of the last Padawan, if you will, that George Lucas took on to sort of, you know, when they did Star Wars, that was kind of like the last, or uh, Clone Wars, that was like the last thing that George Lucas worked on. And so he was like mentoring. Right, him. yeah through that process so if anyone can pull it off it's going to be him so we'll see i just i don't want it to become a show where it's like hey and another thing that you've seen before yeah is that other character r2d2 and c3po are here and oh like, if they put 3po in it i ain't just gonna shit my pants yeah so and not in a good way so yeah that's kind of my one sort of like uh please do a good job other than that, oh, looks so good. Yeah, dude. When Baby Yoda <laughs> just like fucking closes his 
Oh yeah, little... the shit's gonna go down. He's like, okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> it closes the pram. <laughs> oh man. Ah, uh, so good. All right. Well, we're forty minutes into the episode. Should we talk about <laughs> vertical limit? Yeah, sure. Why not? Vertical limit. I'm pulling the plug. I thought I was paying you to get me to the top. Oh, I think we should keep going. Climbing in pairs. They think it's suicide. I'll write a check to whoever goes. Half a million dollars. Now, the lives of three. My brother's got explosive. Says they're gonna blast their way down. Strap on the nitro. Will depend on the courage of six. On a rescue mission, we don't vote, we don't question, we don't argue. You listen and do exactly as I say. So, in continuing this weird year-long experiment of only watching movies that came out in the year 2000, <laughs> we watched Vertical Limit, which was a movie that I remember watching a while ago and thinking, this movie's pretty awesome. As in, like, it's like you, it's been a while since you watched it for this podcast, no, no, no. or like no, no, you no. watched it a while ago? Years ago. Years, years oh, okay. years ago. Okay, 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 okay. And then when I was looking at movies that came out this year, I was like, oh, shit, Vertical Limit. Yeah, we should totally talk about that. And then I found the DVD of Value Village. I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. Score. This Meant to be, be. Awesome. Yeah. So what are your initial thoughts? Have you seen it before? I had never seen Vertical Limit before. I didn't know anything about it except that it was called Vertical Limit. And so I assumed that it was about mountain climbing. I was super right. By You're very right. It's when I, so when much I mentioned to my climbing. wife that I was going to watch a movie called Vertical Limit, she asked, is it about high jump? <laughs> to, which, <laughs> to which I responded, the fuck did you just ask me? <laughs> it's about high jump. That's like, Do you think this is like, like a track and field movie about high jumps? And they called it Vertical Limit? <laughs> it's like a high school, a high school coming Dude. of age drama about oh. a high jump champion. A high, school, limit? a high school vertical or high jump sports <laughs> movie. Oh god, that would be so funny. And I was no. like, I'm pretty sure it's about mountain climbing, but uh, I'll, I'll let you know climbing. after I watch the film. 
what would what would the vertical limit be? be like this is higher than anyone could ever possibly jump <laughs> I, the bar is at, at the very highest setting i guess that's the vertical and, limit and then they try yeah like we the bar is as high we'd have to bid, build new poles to put the bar on <laughs> you can't go any higher you can't jump the vertical limit god's too dangerous it, johnny <laughs> Ugh. That's an amazing idea for a movie. <laughs> I want to do the high school oh, high man. jump movie. Yep, sounds great. You just do it like the Karate Kid, where you find like the old grizzled high jump <laughs> champion. Retired like, high jump champion, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I tried to touch the vertical limit once. <laughs> Never again. I haven't oh. jumped since. <laughs> I lost me legs. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to scissor over the bar. And then... <laughs> uh, that's the reason why the bar falls off now. Because before yeah. <laughs> it was a rigid bar and he just fucking hit it and it took off his legs. Oh, oh amazing. Okay, copyright. Yeah. Us. You can't yep, have for it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Same. So no, it's a it's about mountain climbing. Yeah, uh, climbing K two specifically, mm-hmm. um, and I have some some notes here. Uh, the opening scene is bad. Yep. Uh, the blue screen does not look great. No, first the first thing I wrote down was just like like it starts with like a shot of an eagle, right, and it's. It's just like really dated CGI of an eagle. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, off to a fresh start. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's one stunt in that that looks so painful and real. And it's like when the two guys fall off and they all get yanked off the wall and Robin Tunney is hanging there and she drops and she goes like, and gets just jolted. Mm-hmm. That that like they almost killed that stunt woman. I'm sure of it. <laughs> it like, looks intense. It looks so painful. It's like that scene in um, Exorcist where the director like told the the grips that had uh, what's her face on the ratchet pull like Ellen Burstyn. They're like actually fucking pull her this time, <laughs> and so they like. <laughs> Pulled her and she like smashed into the wall and like fucking like dislocated her shoulder or something and that's the take that's in the movie. <laughs> wow, that's that? kind of what it reminded me of. It's like like fucking just throw the stunt woman off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh. this this opening scene, which kind of sets the emotional arc for Chris O'Donnell and 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 Robert Tooney's character. What are they? Peter and Annie. Yeah, I'll let you decide who plays who. Um, <laughs> Uh, they're they're climbing and they only have one cam in the wall, which is like a an anchor. I guess right. Yeah. To hold them in, um, and there's three of them hanging there, and there's too much weight, and their dad's on the bottom, and he tells Peter, to cut the rope, and let them fall because the two. Uh, you know, the one cam isn't going to hold all three, but maybe can hold two. So he's like, you know, it's better one of us dies than three of us. And 
so he cuts the rope and and that kind of sets yeah. up their their sort of emotional arc where they don't really talk to each other anymore because you know she's upset that you know her brother essentially killed her father i mean yeah and like like she was screaming at him not to do it and then mm-hmm. his dad was screaming at him to do it and he was stuck in the middle yeah um yeah i re- that yeah that that scene was chilling it was super super high emotional intensity um, oh yeah they go and P- and peter peter's got the 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 knife to the rope and just like doesn't he's just like so conflicted you can see it on his face um, and then, like all of this shouting, all of this I mean, cacophony. You can just... see it on his face, but it's not good. <laughs> well, no, but you know he's trying. Um, Chris O'Donnell. Oh, there's a reason he's not working much anymore. Yeah, it's it's fair. Um, but I, I really just like the 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 weight is really like there's there's so much cacophony, so much screaming, and everything cuts out, and there's just a shot like from the ground below for just like a yeah. second, and then <laughs> the dad just slams to the ground dead like yeah oh it's good yeah it's really good. good actually he's like screaming he's like you're gonna kill your sister cut the rope yeah oh, man. and and i mean you know it's <clears throat> it's brutal but later <clears throat> later <clears throat> wow oh, give boy. me a second it's not as shitty as i do Whew. yeah uh did I mention it was smoky? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, later, later in the movie, um, Scott Glenn, uh, so you might know as Stick. From, oh, I, I do know as Stick. Yeah, I recognize um, him. Uh, says to to Peter, um, he's like, if if your dad had the knife, you would have cut the rope himself. Yep. Any any good climber would have. You did the right thing. You know. So. Yeah. It's 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 kind of one of those things where you know it's it's actually I think from like a writing perspective I think it's actually a pretty good kind of like arc right to like have yeah for sure and I mean like the the movie like the setting is mountain climbing K two that stuff like that's all the setting I feel like the movie is actually just about that idea that's what the whole movie is about like should you cut the rope yeah kind that, of yeah that's totally. the situation in in like different ways uh, yeah comes up. like the the idea of like should you, you try w- to save someone's life if it might kill other people's lives yes totally totally yeah i mean and when so basically what happens is his sister becomes a very very famous mountain climber and she's tasked with leading this billionaire up k2 um because right, he wants to be at the summit to wave to the inaugural flight of an airplane that is like an airline he started or something like that. Yeah. Like that, uh, that's, that's the whole that, promotional thing. Like the f- inaugural fight flight of his airline is going to fly over K2 and he's going to wave to them from the mountain. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, one of, he's like one of these Richard, Richard Branson, like adventure junkie, adrenaline junkie tourist billionaires. Right. Where he's like, He's like, yeah, like I'll just, you know, if I go have a, if if I'm, you know, we had a shot of me waving at the plane from the top of K two, then that'll be on the cover of fucking Time magazine or something, right? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and it'll be like, oh, he did it again! What a crazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, well, um, so yeah, so she's tasked with leading him up, and uh, you know, there's some bad weather. That kind of moves in, and 
he wants to keep pushing on. He's like, you know, we're five hours from the summit. Let's just push through. The storm's probably going to push east. Um, and the other person that's there with them is a guy who's climbed Everest like six times without oxygen. And Yeah, he's supposed to be like in lead. He's supposed to be in charge of the climb. Yeah. Right. What's her role then? Is she not? Uh, like he, yeah, because he is. He is. That's right. He is in charge of the climb. But then she's he's the, he's the lead climber, and she's a really good climber. That's yeah. also on the team. Anyway, yeah, she's there, and I think. Oh, I think maybe she's the subject of a movie, a documentary movie that's being made or something. That doesn't really ever get addressed ever again. Re- Does that happen? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. They were saying something about like, oh, there's like National Geographic's making a documentary about me. They needed someone who looks sexy and can also climb K2. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember, Yeah. So if they wanted then, someone to, who can climb K2 and look presentable. Yeah. And, then, what she and then Robert Taylor is talking about like, oh, God, I got to lead the fucking movie geriatric movie producer around who like has the runs <laughs> oh yeah oh <laughs> like a stereotypical like old fat jewish movie producer like <laughs> who has ibs he has ibs she's like has a thing of toilet paper clutched in his hand that's like comically fluttering behind him as he's like running to the outhouse oh too real yeah <laughs> it, yeah um but anyways yeah so uh, yeah, so they they the storm does move in, and they end up getting trapped in this cave. The they get blown off the mountain, and they're sliding, and they get dropped into this cave and uh, are trapped there. And Tom is the name of the lead climber. Yeah, he like breaks several ribs and can't move. Yeah, and he's like gasping for air. Ooh. Yeah, um, and so it's uh, Annie and the billionaire, played by Bill Paxton. His name is Vaughn. Sure, I, I don't Vaughn. remember. I don't remember a lot of the characters' names. We've basically mentioned all the characters' names. I remember. Yeah, Skip. Skip is the one guy. Who's Skip? He's the very very handsome Australian man that stays. Oh, oh, yeah. At base camp. That's true. Quite yeah. attractive, yeah. 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 Robert Taylor, very, very classic Australian actor. There's a lot of Aussie and Kiwi actors in this, actually. Yeah. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, like, why, why is there so many... Like, Tim Timura Morrison is in this, playing a Pakistani army helicopter pilot. Yeah, his... Oh, his voice... And I was like, oh, but he just uses his, his Kiwi accent. <laughs> yeah. He's just a Pakistani Pakistani helicopter pilot with a Maori accent. Like <laughs> <laughs> didn't even didn't even try. <laughs> I don't care. I just love listening to that voice. I think his voice is fantastic. Yeah, he's like, Oh hey bro, salam alaikum. Uh gonna fly a chopper now. Just fly it up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh come on man you could have given it <laughs> yeah hearing him say salam alaikum in, in a in a kiwi accent was hilarious 
But like he's in it, and fucking Ben Mendelsohn is in it. Yeah, which I absolutely <laughs> did not recognize his face at all. But then after hearing him talk for a little bit, I was like, "Oh, that's definitely Krennic." Like, this yeah, is Ben Mendelsohn, Krennic. like such totally. a unique voice. But yeah. to look at him, like <laughs> playing a weird, like hippie Aussie, like ski bum essentially yeah, first time we see his character him and his brother are just like chilling at their at their base camp but naked yeah smoking a joint listening to bob marley which yep. i had this weird and i had to do a bunch of googling to see if one of my screenwriting professors was involved in this movie in any way because our first year film school my screenwriting professor pitched us or like let us read like the opening couple pages of this action movie that he wrote in the eighties, which was about hella logging where, you know, these guys, uh, you know, go up the mountain, they cut down a bunch of stuff and then they get these helicopters to like grab the logs and basically drag them down the mountain. Oh. But like what happens is the logs build up, like the logs are too heavy. You get paid by weight and not by run. So you try and drag as many down as possible. So like the, lo- the loads are too heavy for the, um, helicopters to actually fully like lift, and so they end up like dragging them, and so they're basically getting chased down the mountain by these like things of logs. And at the very end, you kind of like use the momentum to kind of like pull up, and then you pull the thing, and it drops the load at the base, and then you head back up and get more. Man, that sounds fucking dangerous. Yeah, it's crazy. They're like total adrenaline junkie, insane people. <laughs> um, but like makes a great premise for a movie, and so like his thing was like there was like these hippies camping and they were naked and they're doing yoga you know saluting the sun butt naked and then um out of nowhere just these helicopters come flying over top of them and knock them over and (laughs) wow you know that kind of stuff and so like when i saw that just two naked hippie guys smoking weed (laughs) up on a mountain and then these helicopters fly over them I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, these are the opening pages to that movie that my <laughs> screenwriting teacher wrote. And so I had to, like, do some, like, deep dive Googling to see if he, like, was, a, like, one of the many writers. And he's nothing to do with it. Wow. <laughs> Just yeah. happened to have a similar idea. Yeah, I probably pitched it to the wrong person at one point, And they were like, that's a good idea. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So, anyways, that was really funny. I, I liked them a lot those two characters (laughs) like yeah i thought they were great they're like in the helicopter with the nitro and he's like trying to put his leg over his head he's like what the fuck are you doing he's like i'm trying to kiss my ass goodbye (laughs) (laughs) um oh it's good also everyone oh yeah i have in my note written it's Django fett bitches (laughs) and he's pakistani with like seven question marks but one of the other notes i wrote in here is everyone has bad hair in this movie Nobody's hair is good, except maybe the French-Canadian girl. She has normal-looking hair. Everyone else has a real bad wig. Yep. Yep. Chris Chris O'Donnell looks good in the opening scene. He's got his, like, Robin haircut. It's, like, high and tight, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And then he's just got this, like, real bad... I'm guessing it's a wig. Like, super flowy, kind of, like, too blonde for him. Doesn't match his hair color at all. Yeah, it's like, kind of weird and shaggy a bit. What the fuck? It was horrible. And then, like, her <laughs> her hair is, like, a weird, like, bob haircut that also looks pretty bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks, it, looked, oh, it looked as dated as the CGI, really. Yeah, yeah. 
I was trying to figure out like like it looks kind of like a TV show at points. Yeah. Where there's like does. close-ups of like someone on the wall and then there's like clearly they were shooting on like blue screen and you know it's the year 2000 so like this kind of technology not as prevalent uh as it is today and mm-hmm. probably not, not a lot of people know how to light for it so like everyone has this like perfect edge lighting <laughs> around them yeah like perfectly separating from the background at all times i'm like oh yeah there's very clearly a spotlight right there <laughs> just pointed at them so that kind of sucks um but yeah anyway so this is directed by martin campbell who you might know for directing goldeneye and casino royale and oh. the mask of zorro Right. And a bunch of other shitty movies that no one will ever watch. Um, those, and, but those three are great. Those are awesome movies. Mask of Zorro is fucking it fantastic. Is. Unbelievably good. Does not get enough praise. No. Um, uh, anyways, he's a New Zealander, so that explains why there's all the Aussies and Kiwis in the movie. And they filmed most of this in New Zealand. Because I was like watching this, I'm like, why the fuck are there so many Australians in this movie? <laughs> And, and like, why is there a, a Kiwi guy playing a Pakistani? Like, I know it's 2000, so, like, anyone with brown skin can play anyone from the Middle East or Mexico or whatever. And there's probably right. not call for a lot of, like, indigenous New Zealand characters in major Hollywood films very often. So, like... Yeah, probably not. Take the work where you can get it, I suppose. But <laughs> I was just like, why, why, yeah. why him? <laughs> I don't like you know he's not a uh, like big Hollywood guy I and mean, it's like oh okay they filmed it in New Zealand and that makes sense yeah um so anyways yeah they put this like rescue party together it's like Chris O'Donnell and the Ben Mendelsohn and his brother the two crazy hippie guys um Skip is gonna go but the they're like no 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 we need someone who knows the mountain down at base camp to be not on the mountain <laughs> right <laughs> to help us navigate and they're like well he's like one of the he's the best climber out of us and they're like well then we need to get someone better and so then they go for Stick. scott no toes glenn <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a really good scene of him his opening shot is like yeah. a close-up of his feet him like pumicing his feet <laughs> which have no toes on them and Lost like pulls back yeah because he's just been climbing the mountain every season looking for the body of his wife. Yeah. Who was also guiding um, Bill Paxton up the mountain and they got lost and only he came back. You know? Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And like, he uh, when we first see him, he's like super beardy. And then, like, before he goes up the mountain, he shaves. But he just yeah. like gets out a straight razor and starts going at his face with I like know. no I mean, forget about shaving cream. He's not using water. Yeah. He's just like, going at it dry. Should really like warm that up with a warm cloth, you know, kind of loosen up the fibers a bit, open the pores. Yeah. Right? So that would be a good go, idea. Oh man, they should have the next scene he should have rolled in with just like fifty pieces of toilet paper just like stuck. Yeah, to and his just like face. totally red face. <laughs> So much just, razor burn. Just a new beard of bloody toilet paper scraps <laughs> just stuck to his face. Um, oh, would have been amazing. And then the other character that goes up is the nurse, who is a, a French-Canadian uh, woman 
actually played by a Swede, but <laughs> yeah. uh, named Monique. But there's a really great joke where <laughs> she shows up and she's talking to Skip, and uh, you know she kind of just like doesn't have any time for their crap. And yeah, she's she's very short. She's very short. She brushes them off, and, and Skip goes, "Ah, oh, don't mind her, mate. She's French Canadian." When she's Canadian, it's not that bad, but clearly today she's French. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, ha! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, boy. Someone who resides in Canada, I find that joke hilarious and accurate. <laughs> Oof. Um, but fuck, Mendo is funny in this movie. <laughs> like that scene with him and his brother where they're talking about... Uh, like when they're trying to recruit people. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh yeah, like like oh like oh not everyone gets their own bomb. We all have to share. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, that's really good. But yeah, like her when she decides that she's gonna go on on the adventure, she's like in the helicopter and she's just like smoking a cigarette right next to the open canisters of nitroglycerin. <laughs> yep. She doesn't and then give a fuck. She punches Mendo's brother, and. This is actually one of my favorite scenes. This scene has stuck with me since I first saw the movie. Oh, yeah. Smoking next to the nitro. Obviously great. And then he says something like, oh, yeah, we always hoped that you'd blow us. And she just, like, gets out and just socks him in the face. And it is immediately, like, oh, and, like, starts, like, rub, Like, her hand very clearly hurts. And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's not seen in movies enough where. Absolutely. Because if you've ever punched someone in the face. It would hurt like hell. It hurts a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I also put that down as a note because I appreciated it so much. Because yeah, she socks him so good and it's so, so justified. Good. But yeah, immediately is like, ah, I like clutching her fist because obviously it would hurt a lot. Yeah. Just like, it's a good sacrifice sometimes. <laughs> totally. Um, the scene where they discover the nitro, though, this is the biggest, my biggest pet peeve with this movie. So their plan is to like, two or three teams of two. Each has one canister of nitro. They're taking different routes up the mountain. They're all they all take about the same, you know, time to get up there, so that they in- increase the chances of one of them getting there in time. Because they basically have like thirty six hours to get up there and get them out before uh, pulmonary edema sets in. Which is basically they're up so high that they need to keep drinking water, or else the air in their lungs will crystallize. And is that what it is? I, I, w- I couldn't quite tell. I was just like, something horrible where you drown I think, yeah, in yourself. She, she says something about, like, oh, I've got shards in my lungs or something like that at one point. Uh, oh. And so I think it's like you need to, like, keep hydrated or else, yeah, the air in your lungs something like crystallizes and, you know, that's bad because then it, like, rips your lungs apart and you basically choke to death on blood. Yeah. Watching this movie at one point, I was just like, man, my brother and his wife have been up to this altitude and got Oof. altitude sickness really yeah it was actually it was the day he was gonna propose <laughs> but then he didn't because they both had altitude sickness and he's like sickness. well fuck and so he just waited <laughs> <laughs> that's funny where was it was it uh like a cold I mountain or was it like machu picchu or something i cannot remember which mountain it was okay unfortunately you know i'm geography's not my Cause thing I, yeah because I, I think this think is different were, i think they were in nepal though Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, I th- I think this is this is slightly different from altitude sickness because like I know like if you go up Machu Picchu like altitude sickness is an issue, 
Um, oh yeah, this is definitely a different thing. Yeah, sure. this like, this has to do with like the deadly. the temperature as well. Yeah, um, and the altitude. But yeah, um, like there's a scene where they the nitro is just like leaking everywhere. Yeah. And it like gets all over Skip's shoe, and they're like, oh, everyone be very careful. And it's to show they're like, okay, this stuff's like very, very volatile, and like the slightest jolt could ignite it, right? And so they have to like very, very carefully take off Skip's shoe, get his foot out of it, pick it up, and Tamara Morrison goes outside and just like pitches the shoe, and it lands and it fucking explodes. Yep. Everywhere. Like, and then they just leave the drawer full of nitro open so yep. that it can get hit with the sun later and yep. explode um and also no one in there knew that like the sun would cause it to explode like what you just got some casual like someone just drop off like some nitroglycerin samples and <laughs> forget to leave the safety packet yeah like that... there's no there's no pamphlet explaining they were yeah that whole that whole deal was was probably the most uh awkward part of the plot it was just it was just upping the stakes but it was it was pretty contrived where it was just like yeah oh yeah we have this nitroglycerin here's the nitroglycerin and, oh wait no you're stepping in it hold still and then later later yeah it's just open for some reason i thought it was in an enclosed yeah. silo but apparently it's open and the sun's on it and the whole and thing it's blows just up. leaking everywhere and they're like oh we should get someone to clean this up oh and i guess we'll just leave the drawer open and it'll leak more <laughs> and i mean yeah i really I mean, if it leaks in it, entirely, then it's gone. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, really has me questioning the abilities of the Pakistani army, though, man. Like, yeah, I hope that's not accurate. You know, me too. Um, yeah, but like, they abuse these nitro canisters so much. Like, they all should have exploded in the scene where they land. They take the helicopter up as high as they can to K two, right? So they don't have to start. Yeah hiking from base camp um which is also like very clearly filmed on a blue screen with like oh, a yeah. helicopter on like an arm like a control arm because it's moving in like the jankiest way it's so funny yeah. it's it's pretty ridiculous um but they're like jumping out of the helicopter and like rolling and getting jostled around and like none of their backpacks explode like later you know the sunlight causes them to to burst when they're you know they go to they get the radio from because what happens is the the storage unit at base camp explodes and nearly kills like the pakistani general and so he radios them and he's like hey sunlight causes this shit to to burst who knew (laughs) um and so they radio up to the mound they're like get it in the shade and so they like rip off the backpack and they're like booking it up the you know, up this hill towards there's like some like ice wall and they can get in the shade and they're like throw the backpack down. They're like shoveling snow on it to cover it up. And it's like, like, fuck, man. Like you were like pissing yourself when like a couple drops of this got on a guy's shoe. Yeah. And it's thrashing it around. Like a fucking hand grenade. <laughs> oh, like, boy. Yeah. And then, you know, the other team with Mendo on it like they you know they finally radio to them they're like get it in the shade they get it in the shade and they're like oh, okay fine but then it's just leaking everywhere and the trail like leaks down into the sun and they get fucking killed yeah they're actually um 
Like they, Mendo gets out his water. He's about to take some, and then he hesitates and actually hands it to the other guy. Yeah. And then in the handoff, they accidentally drop it and like spill their water, and like just how dumb the situation is. They just start laughing, and yeah. it's actually in the midst of their laughter that the bomb goes off. Yeah. Um. And if you go frame by frame, it looks yes. really, it looks really fucking intense and bad at the same time. <laughs> because they get vaporized i I get what they were going for i think i get what they were going for is that like you would actually yeah get disintegrated by the shock wave before the flames ever actually hit you and so there's like this thing where they just like yeah they basically look like the nazis at the end of raiders of the lost ark yes exactly if you were to like point a very very high powered fan at them (laughs) they basically just get disintegrated into like blood and bones and blown off screen yeah. And probably like less than five frames. Like Yeah, it was real quick. Real quick. It's like but yeah, no, I rewound it and watched it like four times. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, me too. What what an excellent shot. Overall, what did you think of the movie? Overall, I thought that vertical limit was pretty exciting. Um I felt like you know, I I felt the stakes, like yeah, a lot of a lot of the time. You know, no, no, for sure, yeah. It was it was pretty intense, um, which I I enjoyed. Um, I didn't necessarily care about the characters a ton, but I I'm definitely a sucker, um, for movies that are about sibling relationships. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, because like the the emotional climax of this movie so the 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 rescue team well one of the three rescue teams um manages to make it oh by the way another thing that i thought was fucking insane and kind of amazing the um like annie the the sister and uh and bill paxton who are trapped underground uh tom's dead at this point because bill paxton fucking kills him um which they like like it's played off as like a real sinister kind of move but like there was no way he was ever making it off that mountain. Like, and no. ev- and everyone knew it. <clears throat> yeah, he was he was fucked. Um, but you know, this is actually <laughs> something that I thought was <laughs> took me by surprise. So Bill Paxton, he's got the the like medication that helps them not die from uh, pulmonary edema. Edema. Thank you. I'm gonna forget that in, in like two minutes. Um, so he's, he's got the meds and he's like, there's a, there's a scene where like, you know, Tom's almost dead. Annie is suffering back from it really bad. And then he's shooting himself up with this stuff. And then he looks at the needle and he looks over at Tom and then he fills it back up with air. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, oh shit, is he going to go over to Tom and like be pretending to give him that stuff and just inject air into his blood so that he dies? I thought that too. Yeah. You thought that too, right? I thought he was going to be like. Like, this is going to help you, and then just let him die, which I think would be kind of quick, but also incredibly painful by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's like what? An air bubble in your vein will, like, make it to your heart? Yeah, and then your heart will stop, right? Yeah, I think that, like, causes cardiac arrest, basically. Yeah. I thought it was. I always see nurses squirt a little bit out and, like, tap it. Yeah, make make sure sure all the air gets to the top, and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which he, I mean, he does that on himself, too, before mm-hmm. he takes the the shot. So, yeah, I totally thought he was going to, like, like pretend to be helping him when he mercy killed him. But then Tom looks at him, he's like, are you going to kill me now? And he's like, 
Yep. Stabs him in the neck with the needle. And I was like, holy yeah. fuck. Like, yeah. Did you, did you need, cause that's not, that was, it just was just like, it was very excessive, but I think they wanted yeah. to like paint it as like, this is a very sinister act, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I think that was kind of the, the intention there. Cause you're not really supposed to like Bill Paxton's character. Yeah. I mean, this, he, he so. just, he comes across as a pretty huge douchebag without the whole killing people thing. I yeah. feel. Well, and, and then what you learn uh, at one point is that, I can't remember if we talked about this, but like uh, they find um, Scott Glenn's wife's body after one of the explosions kind of like causes a little avalanche. It like clears conveniently, like clears some ice away and then they find her body frozen half, like frozen into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find her uh, kit of Dex, which is the, the medicine that helps right. keep them alive. Right. That's what it's called. Um, and all the syringes are gone mm-hmm. and he's like, no, no, she always kept it with her. Like, and so then the, the idea is that Vaughn stole the decks to save himself. And that's why he's the only one who survived. And that's why he's the only one that survived that trip. Mm-hmm. So, um, Scott Glenn is like, when we find them, I'm going to kill him. And, and Peter's like, no, you're not. And he's like. Look at you, man. You're at the vertical limit. You've never been up this high before. Like, you really gonna try and stop me? Go ahead. And I love when movies work the title of the yep. movie into the movie. <laughs> so especially good. when it's it's a stupid movie title, like Vertical Limit. <laughs> you know, like if it's something like Golden Eye. Okay, the Golden Eye is the name of the satellite or whatever right so it's like obviously they're gonna say golden eye a bunch yeah it's gonna come up naturally but i I love when movies are like there's there's some some movies that do it real well like you know uh like luke saying i will not be the last jedi yeah but you know if you're watching episode one if qui-gon jinn was like hmm i sense some sort of phantom menace (laughs) it just kind of (laughs) doesn't It doesn't come across as, and this one, you know, they tried to, they I, maybe the vertical limit is a thing in climbing. I don't know. Probably. Probably a thing in climbing the same as it is in high jump, but <laughs> it's as, as vertical as you can go or as you've ever been or whatever. The The reasoning is not really presented. It's just, they just kind of play it off. So like, you're at the vertical limit. You can't stop me. And then he fucks off. And um, it's just him and Monique left because, uh, oh, yeah, we didn't mention. So um, her uh, Ben Mendo's brother and Monique got paired up because she's not as strong a climber and he is a strong climber, whereas uh, Mendo is not a very strong climber and he got paired up with the Sherpa. Right? Was he was he a Sherpa? I thought his cousin was the Sherpa, and his cousin died. Well, I think a Sherpa. I think Sherpa is like a like a race of people, is it not? Or like a tribe of people? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know enough about the subject. I think no. yeah. I remember learning that a while ago. Where it's like I always thought Sherpa was like a job, but I think Sherpa is actually like a tribe. Maybe they're not Sherpas though, because that would be Everest, right? That would be in like Nepal. 
I think yeah, so, so they're probably not Sherpas. Anyways, but he's he's like one of the natives that lives near the mountain in Pakistan, and he helps people climb. He's like a climbing guide. Okay, yeah. So the way most people would use the word Sherpa, he's probably a Sherpa. Okay. Um, in, in the colloquial sense, but not in the legitimate sense. Um, gotcha. So the, they they got paired up, which doesn't really make sense because like, he could have just paired him up with his brother because if he's a weaker climber and his brother's a stronger climber, it, it works, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like they, uh, Monique and Mendo's brother, like I think his name's Cyril, is that right? That sounds right. Cyril and they, like, Malcolm, I think. Yeah. They, yeah I think, so anyways, I think so. they slip and drop their pack of nitro off a cliff and they slide down and they're like hanging off the cliff and then that explosion causes an avalanche which like blows Cyril off the mountain but Monique manages to hang on mm-hmm. and climb back up and she reunites with Peter and should really remember Scott Glenn's name. Montgomery? Just call him Scott Glenn. Mulaney. No. John Mulaney. It's John Mulaney. He plays John Mulaney. <laughs> Scott Glenn plays John Mulaney in Vertical <laughs> Limit. You heard it here. <laughs> Avalanche, get out of my way. <laughs> Is this Nitro or Mountain Dew? It's Nitro. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, anyways, so they they get reunited and yeah. Uh, but then he abandons them to go on his crazy murder mission, and they go on the rescue mission. Uh, but they get to where they are before, to where his uh, sister well, well, is no, no, I, I think I think what happens is Scott Glenn's like, I'm going to fucking kill him and you can't stop me because, yeah. you know, we're too high up and you're weak and I'm fucking awesome because I'm Scott Glenn. Yes. But he doesn't, I don't think he ditches them though. I think they're, they're still moving as a team. He's just let him know like, yeah, I'm going to kill him and you can't stop me. But I think they're well, still climbing as a team because then, because then there's the scene where there's like the three tents all set up, um, and Scott Glenn like wakes up, gets out of his tent, ready to go. But then he goes oh, and checks, right. and the other tents are empty. They abandon him. That's right. Yeah, they ditch him to try to get there first. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, <laughs> this is actually I really liked this scene. They, um, Vaughn and Annie use Tom's blood. To create a signal. Basically, one of the explosions, like the second explosion kind of knocked a bunch of ice loose, and so they they could see to the surface mm-hmm. of the mountain. And so they're like, okay, we need to get like this tent pole. They had like rescued a, a backpack that had landed in the cave, and I think it had a tent in it. Yeah. So they got like tent poles, and they're like, they fill up a plastic bag full of his blood and attach a flare to it so that... When it goes off, like when they breach the surface, somehow the flare will be triggered to go off and it'll explode the bag of blood everywhere and kind of mark where they yeah. are. And so they're like jamming this bag up and yeah, they like, they're like, it, it gets pinched at one point and they're like, we got to go right now. It's going to, you know, it's starting to leak. We got to push it you know push it through before it tears and they just like go for it and the flare goes off and this thing fucking explodes comically yeah this huge swath of blood all over the snow it's great <laughs> it was fantastic i like that really scene. funny <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah so then they rescue 
uh, you know, they, they blow open the, uh, the cave and they hitch up Annie to the rope and they're pulling her out and then they start slipping and, and, and the, the axe that they've used to anchor themselves in starts to come out and that's when Scott Glenn fucking steps on it, shoves it back into the ground. Yeah. He goes down and I love how the whole scene is played with no dialogue between him and Vaughn. Yeah. It's just like Scott Glenn knows and Vaughn knows that he knows. <laughs> yep. And there's just um what what happens? There he he you basically he's going to kill him and then he decides not to. Yeah, like like Vaughn Vaughn mm-hmm. is, you know, he's always out for number 1, so he goes and he just picks up a pickaxe and or ice axe rather or whatever they're called. Um and he's yeah. going to try to kill him, but I mean, Vaughn's been dying of pulmonary edema and yeah. Scott Glenn is fucking Scott Glenn. Yeah. So Scott Glenn Jeez. immediately manhandles him and is like holding him off the edge. Yeah. And you you see the 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 conflict in his face of like I can finally kill this fucker. But like what does that make me? And so then he pulls him back and then attaches his rope to his belt. Yeah. To be like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to fucking save you right now. Yeah. And so they're like hauling everyone up. And then, you know, the scene kind of replays the way it does in the beginning where they're, they slip and they're not anchored into the wall with enough anchors. And, um, and, and basically there's too much weight and they need to cut the rope. And Scott Glenn and Vaughn are the last two. Vaughn's at the bottom and Scott Glenn's in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott Glenn cuts the rope so that there's less weight and the two of them drop. Yep. Um, and that that was good, but I thought it would have been a more satisfying ending if it like perfectly mirrored the opening scene where if Scott Glenn didn't have a knife and he had to get Chris O'Donnell to to cut cut the rope again. Yeah, I mean that might have been more compelling, but also between between uh, Scott Glenn and Peter was Annie. Right? Right, that's right. It was. Yeah, yeah. So, you'd have to, you'd have to rig that being, up. Yeah. And Annie was like basically almost dead at this point. And so she yeah, wouldn't, she's like she wouldn't have been able to cut it. But yeah, 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 I know what you mean. That would have been extra, extra compelling. Yeah. Especially since, you know, like, and I feel like they almost kind of set that up away. And, and it does work, but like, because he says the line, like, oh yeah, like if your dad had the knife, he would have cut it on his own. Any good climber would have done that. Mm-hmm. Right? So it it does work, but it's not, I don't think it's as emotionally satisfying as if peter would have had to do it himself you know yeah that's fair because then it's it's like it's like he he learns the lesson that it's better to save three lives than to lose five you know yeah but uh, this gives scott glenn's character a way to get his revenge in a way and it kind of gives him it, it it completes his arc. It kind of puts him at peace where he's yeah. like, I'm going to go, I'm going to be with my wife. I'm going to save them. And I get to kill this bastard. <laughs> All in one. <laughs> Everything's coming up. Mailhouse for Scott Glenn. 
Yeah, for sure. And he basically, yeah, he says his little prayer and cuts the rope and yeah. But then, yeah, falls and then to oblivion. That's but yeah, that's a good parallel for the for the beginning of the movie. Um, but then, like the real, I feel emotional closure for the the overarching story is after that when they're they're safe now and the the nurse has treated Annie and she's gonna be okay, and then like Peter comes in. There's like a a bit of a romantic bond that's been forming between him and the nurse that's not like super explored, but then they definitely mm-hmm. kiss, and that's like that's cool. That's like they had a, a little bit of romance in the movie. It didn't feel that forced to me. Um, and no. they all, and they also like didn't focus on it that much. Yeah, which is and, and that's right. the other reason why I liked that it was a, a brother sister rescue mission because it could have mm-hmm. very easily been like husband wife. You know, or like yeah. estranged, estranged wife, right? You know, mm-hmm. could have been, you know, they were married and they were climbing and he had to cut his father-in-law loose and then she resented him for that. And that's why they don't talk. You, know, you could have done that and they get back together at the end and it's kind of like die hard, right? Yeah. Where but like it's... through this traumatic experience, they get back together. and mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, instead then the, the emotional payoff is the sibling reconciliation between peter and annie where like yeah which is she's, just, it's like they it's they better. finally are yeah she's like you know able to not only like forgive him but like better understand yeah the the situation like the choice that he made and like they're they're gonna like they repair their brother sister relationship and that's just so moving to me i love it, it is it is really moving and it's nice to to have it sort of subvert or, or do not the expected thing, which would be to have it be a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the end of Frozen, where it's like, oh, only true love's kiss can break the curse. And true love's kiss isn't the handsome prince that turns out to be a douchebag. It's the sister. Yeah. You know, the sisters yeah. need to learn to love each other again. And so it's like, oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, yeah, that's. That, that, that was probably my f- one of my favorite elements of it was that it there was almost no romantic like forced romantic uh subplot yeah yeah this wasn't mission impossible too oh right yeah that happened <laughs> <laughs> i forgot what happened in that movie i hate it um uh, yeah but also i love it <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. okay. There's one That's... other one other note that I had that I just thought was oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, when the when the helicopter takes them up as high as it can, and it's like really struggling to be up there, and they'll have to like, kind of like jump out of the helicopter. There's a light that's going off that says "Master Caution." <laughs> um, yes. And I just thought, so there's there there is there is a signal light that has more authority than the normal caution light, <laughs> and that is the the ma- master caution light. Which yeah, it's I like think, I think it's pretty cool. I think that's fun. It's just like master caution versus caution. It's like caution's like okay, there's something, something is wrong, and master caution is like everything is wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the sign entire in, caution <laughs> in Santa Claus conquers the Martians. This is caution controls. Oh, <laughs> it's like caution controls. Look out! There's controls here, or these are the controls that control the caution. <laughs> Or, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not 
explained. <laughs> nope. Um, it's a real bad filmmaking choice, actually. Mm, yep. In Indeed. that film. But anyways, so uh, let's rate Vertical Limit. Let's talk about it. what do you... How do you rank it? Where does it go on our scale? On our on our three tiered scale. Our three tiered scale. I would put vertical limit at a Breakfast Club fist bump. Okay, alright, yeah. I think I also have to go Breakfast Club fist bump. Yeah? Don't you? It yeah, it there's obviously it's che- there's cheesy elements because of the you know the times yep. that it was made like it's there's a dated. guy it's very dated there's a guy at base camp that looks exactly like the lead singer of Counting Crows <laughs> Do you know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh my god this is the most 90s man ever. Um uh, and, and yeah, everyone's hair is terrible, and the blue screen isn't great. But overall, I think it's like a pretty well constructed, uh, like action thriller. And you know, some of the uh, the sequences are exciting, and it's funny. Ben Mendelsohn's really funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, it was fun seeing him so, in just a totally different role than things I've seen him in before. I yeah. always really enjoy that. Oh, totally. Um. And this would have been like, like he would have been like unknown at this point. Like he maybe would have been mildly known in Australia, possibly. Yeah, maybe. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, but it was compelling and and funny and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, too bad. Uh, too bad. Jay Laguerre didn't show up in this movie because then we could have had like a Star Wars Aussie actor oh, reunion yes. with. Captain Typho, Django Fett, and Director Krennic. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have oh, been man. so good. Oh, uh, well. Next time. Vertical <laughs> next, Limit next 2. Next Vertical Limit. Vertical-er limit. <laughs> vertical Limiter. We'll just, when we make the, the high jump movie, we'll just set it in Australia or something. Vertical to the limit. Vertical to the limit. Yeah, there oh, you go. There you yes. Go. <laughs> and the number two, like cr- like cradle to the grave. Yes. <laughs> I never saw cradle one. <laughs> I remember genuinely thinking that when I was a kid, being like, oh, was there a cradle? I don't remember seeing cradle one. Cradle to the grave. But it's cradle to the grave, but it's cradle yep. to the grave. Yeah. Love it. Vertical to the limit. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. Oh yeah, amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say like if you put this on one night when you're like, I don't have anything better to do. I just need something kind of, kind of fun, kind of dumb to watch. This is it. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of fun. It's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's a hundred percent entertaining. So, and honestly, like poses a very interesting moral question that you can deliberate yeah weirdly it does that yeah (laughs) you're not wrong all right well i guess it's that time of the show where i attempt for the next 20 to 30 minutes to wrap up the show (laughs) in a neat 
concise way. You're off to a great start. I think so. Oh my god, dude, we got we got some emails here, man. Might have to hit these up. What email time? Yeah, we got some emails. So, um, wow, I'm on board. Let's do it. O O O C twelve P plus B W five S one Wuheim two K. That okay. This seems like spam, but it's like it's clearly not. Uh, someone's suggesting we watch a movie called Invader, which is a 1992 forgotten giant robot movie. Oh. Um, and that looks kind of... Oh, direct-to-video science fiction. Yeah, okay. It was released on Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah, Laserdisc. Oh, and there was, a, there was a DVD put out by Eagle Films. Okay, so we might have to try real hard. And he's just suggesting some other uh, robot warriors. Well, dude, Invader is like my birth year and birth month. Shit, nice. I'm only, I'm only, I'm only twenty six days younger than this movie. All right. Well, yeah, suggesting some giant robot movies sweet um that's cool thanks spam name yeah get a new name on your email <laughs> so that we can thank you properly if we ever watch these we'll try try to pronounce it try to pronounce it don't just spell it oc 12 p plus five sci wuheim took that's <laughs> There's like 47 <laughs> characters in this name. I'm going to call him Wuheim. <laughs> Wuheim. Cool. Uh, thanks, Wuheim. Uh, we will possibly get to these uh, next year. We need to complete the distant future, the year 2000 uh, retro recap year. Uh, until next time, next month is Halloween, bitch. Ooh. So we're going to watch... Dracula 2000. Hell yeah. Starring Gerard Butler. I'm too sexy for my shirt, Butler, as <laughs> the titular Dracula 2000. I don't titular. think he wears a shirt very much in the movie, if I remember from the trailer. Sounds good. So, yeah. Dracula 2000. That'll be fun. Um, kind of the whole point of doing this whole year's worth of movies from the year 2000 was that there were a bunch of movies that came out that year with the title of the year in the name of the movie. And like maybe the stupidest one was Dracula 2000. Sobbing leading up to October. <laughs> yeah. Like that was one of the first ones that I thought of. I immediately thought of, okay, there's Dracula 2000 and there's Godzilla 2000. <laughs> and then last month we also had heavy metal 2000. Right? At last month there's heavy metal 2000. Yeah. There's Fantasia 2000. Which does not fit this. Nope this uh podcast <laughs> not at all and ironically enough death race 2000 which came out in like the 70s so oh right <laughs> yeah so who knows but we're gonna we're gonna be kicking kicking uh kicking it old school with 
Jerry Butler in uh, Dracula 2000. <laughs> Good old Jerry Jerry Butts. <laughs> There's probably a rapper in it, like Ja Rule or something. Oh, also, I can only hope. Can't remember. Uh, don't care. So, anyways, look forward to that if you want to watch the movie in advance. Why? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, feel free. Maybe it'll make the podcast more empathetic because you'll feel our pain. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, if you like the show, you can uh, rate and review on your app on iTunes. That really helps the show out a lot wherever you listen to this. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, which is, I guess, Apple Podcasts now. Spotify. Uh, maybe not Google Play anymore. They might be shutting down the podcast library. I can't remember. Oh. No. no one uses it anyways. It doesn't matter. I heard Radio Stitcher, YouTube, if you want to ask us to why we don't post the full movie, because we're not a pirate movie channel. Um, yeah, read through the salty comments. They're real funny. <laughs> and a lot of them aren't in English also. Oh. There's like people from Italy. There'd be like some sort of like uh, Asian text or uh, like Middle Eastern looking text. And I'm like, I don't know how to respond to this because I can't. Well, you you put it through Google Translate, but I don't even know what language it is. <laughs> well, it, you got to figure it out. It takes some time. I guess so. Um, See, what you do is you put it through Google Translate and then type up your response and put that through Google Translate <laughs> <laughs> and then post it in the same language, which will then, ultimately just not make sense in their language. Because yeah, but maybe they'll be impressed. Way. Who knows? Um, maybe they'll be impressed that I tried. <laughs> Probably not. Probably. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find the show. Don't forget to tell a friend if you think they might like it. That helps out a lot. Um, that's how I get most of my podcasts. Yeah. And someone's no, like, hey, too. you should listen to this. I'm like, all right. I either get it through that or through other podcasts telling me I should listen to this podcast or someone from that podcast appearing on another podcast I already listened to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. If you like, uh, no, I already did that. What else do I do? Um, oh, email, you can find email. us on all the social medias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retrocrappod at gmail.com. If you want to suggest a movie, like, you know, Robot Wars and Invader, like uh, Wuheim there, <laughs> you can email in and suggest uh, a movie. And honestly, we love it. We love getting suggestions. One of the best movies we watched on this podcast was a movie called Chopping Mall. And that yeah. was... Yeah. Re- uh, Suggested to, uh, by someone on Twitter, which reminds me, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Retro Crap Pod, and that's it. I think that's all the shit, right? I think that is all of the shit, my friend. Good, good. Oh, we have a Patreon. You can oh, support yeah. the Patreon. There's a commentary for Dune, David Lynch's Dune on there, if you want to get psyched up for the new... Dooneyville Nuve. That, that, that's his new nickname. Hashtag <laughs> Dooneyville Nuve. Make it happen. Dooney I don't know how to spell it. Someone fi- figure it out. Um, <laughs> the new Denny Villeneuve vo- uh, Dune movie. That's a good way to prepare your body for what will probably be a good version of that story is to watch a very, very strange, not good version but also amazing version. <laughs> if you want to know, you got to go. You got to if you want to know, you got to go. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Sting is incredible in that movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you get to see Sting in some weird fucking underwear. So, fire up Netflix, 
download the uh, the Patreon's like super cheap too. It's like two or three bucks a month, something yeah. like that, to get the bonus episodes. So yeah, just just do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. The charges <laughs> will come off your credit card every month. You won't even notice. So yeah. I'm good so pitch. good at good I'm pitch. so good at sales. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get out of here before I ruin our reputation <sighs> even further. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, I know it's it's hopeless. Um, we appreciate it if you made it this far. And until next time, keep watching crap. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs>